Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Many times have we looked at the intersection between white-collar criminals and religious organizations on this podcast. We did an overview of the IOR, the Catholic Bank, and a few of their many crimes over the last century plus, including their dealings with mafia affiliate Michel Sindona. And today, we jump back into discussing the connection between religion and fraud, but this time with a different faith, the Church of Scientology has had many different fraudsters walk through its door, starting primarily with its founder, L. Ron Hubbard. (gasps) The science fiction writer turned religious founder is deified in the Church of Scientology, and his writings comprise their scriptures, but he himself was convicted in absentia of fraud in France. This behavior extends directly into the religious practices of the church, which has come under fire for the rates it charges for entry-level services, which amount to multiple thousands of dollars per session for entry-level services. Uh, The church could get a whole episode. But today, we are talking about a specific criminal, an ordained minister of the Church of Scientology, who operated a scheme that saw hundreds of millions of dollars vanish from the accounts of his friends in the church. Introducing... The Scientology scammer in our Z newest episode, Reed Slatkin. Z newest? Oh, you is don't. Z new the is Scientology thing? Yeah, you don't uh, know the story behind Scientology. I do, but like I like what they believe. Yeah, they're gonna like if you reach like the highest level, you get to go on a spaceship with Elrod Hubbard and like live forever. That's kind of ish true. You don't know the story about, like, oh, we'll talk about Isn't it. Isn't Xenu their god or something? No, Xenu's the bad guy. Oh, they have a god. I don't remember his name. Their whole religion's like a space opera, yeah. and Xenu's the bad guy. Oh, yeah, but they have a... Yeah, it's all alien-related. It's weird. Sorry yeah, uh, if you practice Scientology, but come on. No, we're going to clown on If you practice Scientology, click off this episode. You don't yeah. want to hear... We are going to clown on you. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But we are, and honestly... You deserve it a little bit once we get into it. I agree. Um, so, yeah, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I'm Kashan. And I'm Nina. And we're back serving up serving up big old slices of white collar crime. Hell yeah. White collar crime by the slice. I love white collar crime, crime by the slice. Great. So, yeah, we're talking today about Reed Slatkin. Uh, that who, just sounds made up, too. Reed Slatkin? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, sl- hey, you look like you're Slatkin over there. So Reed Slatkin was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1949 and experienced trauma in his early childhood when, oh, I guess I should, I'm going to say, trigger warning, this episode starts off with a suicide. <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> so if you... If you don't want to, it's it's very brief, but you know you can skip like thirty seconds from now and be past it. Reed Slatkin 
was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1949 and experienced trauma in his early childhood when he discovered his father in the garage, a victim of suicide. In his moment of pain, Reed was taken in by his uncle from England, who was actually a follower of L. Ron Hubbard, and his uncle used his teachings in Scientology to help young Reed through his trauma of losing his dad. All right. I can already hear you asking, how did Scientology do that? How does Scientology help someone with trauma? Well, it turns out that's why Scientology was created in the first place. Turns out that Scientology has a lot more to it than I ever thought. The rabbit hole is deep, and I don't want to get too stuck in it today. So I'll give you a brief overview of what Scientology is and how it came to be. L. Ron Hubbard, all right, wrote a book that described a process called Dianetics, Mm -hmm. which is essentially a way to practice self-psychotherapy that is based on the idea that all of us have an immortal inner soul, referred to as a thedon, that has experienced traumas in this and past lives that result in the accumulation of negative energy like Particles, I, I, I don't know, or just negative energy in general, okay. I guess. Um, and the name of these ne- these negative energy particles are engrams. 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 So you're so if, if you're going on made up word counter so far, we have thedons burdened by engrams. So that's so two. That's two. Exactly. Uh, but the engrams manifest themselves in like mental issues. Oh, good grief! So this is why people have like strug- depression, have, like, struggles in their life is because your thedons, your like immortal alien soul, is burdened by these engrams. Yeah. Um, so you must get rid of these engrams through a process called auditing. Uh, oh, I have heard of that. Which includes someone asking you questions and. After its inception, also added the use of an electrical device that measures the body's electrical resistance called an E-meter. So three made-up words. Yeah, E-meter. The FDA actually a long time ago like bust into some Scientology places and like took all these because they were basically making them as a medical device, but they weren't medical devices. You literally – so it – it looks so stupid. You go into a room and you sit down with, with like a person that has this little meter that has a needle that moves back and forth and you hold on to two metal cylinders. So you have to hold on to these two metal cylinders and they ask you a bunch of questions about your past like traumas and shit. And the whole time you got to hold these things and they just take <laughs> notes on how the little needle moves and that costs $4,000. Is it similar to a polygraph? Um, I guess, yeah. It's kind of like that. Interesting. Except for instead of measuring your spikes in like like the electromagnetic fields in your body, it measures the resistance in your body, which I don't those things are related, but hmm, like interesting. Slightly different, I think. Mm-hmm. Either way. So so that's the thing. And um you get to this whole thing where as you progress through Scientology, there are these OT levels, which is what you were talking about, where they give you more information as you get up. Yeah. And you have to pay more money. Yes. To get to each level. Yes. Right. And it's a lot of money. It's not just like 10 bucks. It's thousands upon thousands of dollars. And they've been sued a lot recently. So their documents that they kept private for like OT8, which I'm pretty sure is the highest one, have been public. 
uh, since then, which is why we know that OT8 is they basically tell you that Xenu, that like evil guy is like an ancient evil overlord. Um, all the Thedans are these immortal beings that were, that he like showed a bunch of lies to and put them in people's bodies. And that's what we are after all the trauma. There was like some big alien war or something. I don't, huh. I don't know. I'm not an expert, like I'm like I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so that's all part of it. But L. Ron Hubbard believed he was onto something with this uh, with Dianetics. Uh, so he took these to the American Medical and Psychiatric Associations, and also attempted to publish his works in like prominent psychology journals, like the American Psychology Association, like journal. Um, all of which turned him down. Because it is crazy pseudoscience, even for the 1950s. They were like, this is ridiculous. Mm. And he's trying to get it in, like, actual... It, it, he was a science fiction writer. He, what does he know about psychotherapy? He thought, basically, he was like Freud. And he has a lot of Freudian tendencies in Dianetics. And Freud's also crazy. None yeah. Of, none of his ideas were right. No. So, um, so Reed's uncle introduced him to the auditing process. Uh, Reed to the auditing process. Something uh, past topics of this show could learn something from participating in the auditing process. Yeah. Dumb joke. Yeah, well, whatever. This is, a a show, this is a show about white collar crime, Nina. Some of the jokes are going to be stupid Dumb. like that, okay? Dumb fucking joke, Sean. And this auditing helped Reed deal with the death of his father. And he decided when he was young to give his life to the church. Reed continued his learning all the way into his college studies at the University of Michigan, where he studied Chinese language and literature. Hmm. Uh, so why was he trying? Was he was a goal? Was he like trying to translate it into Mandarin? No, or from, something. From what he like talked about with his family, this was like pressed upon him by his family. What? Yeah. Like, his family wanted him to go get a degree, and he just liked oh, learning. Oh, okay. I thought, like, they were pressuring him to get a no, degree in he, Chinese so literature. So he just liked, er, er, like, learning Asian languages. Like, he, like he, I don't know. He was probably a weeb. But, like, before that was a thing. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. But whatever. There's always been weebs. <laughs> There's nothing new under the sun. There always has been and always will be weebs. Weebs. Weebs are eternal. Um, so he's studying at the University of Michigan, Chinese language and literature, but he also founded and ran an on-campus club for Scientology for all four years. He ran the club. Um, and on the weekends, he would drive to Detroit, back to Detroit for Ann Arbor, to continue his classes with the church. Because basically, Lame. you have to take like all these classes yeah. with Scientology. Like That's what it is. It's not like... Like, they don't have masses. You have to, like, go to classes. No masses, just classes. Boo. Um, yeah, it doesn't... It's not like a regular church service. No, it's so they can keep getting money out of you, probably. Yeah. Also, weirdly, I found Scientology doesn't mean you don't have to believe in other religions. Like, they don't think that you... So you can be Christian and a Scientologist. What? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. The two contradict each other. No, it doesn't. But not from the Scientology side. It contradicts it from the Christian side. But but doesn't Scientology, like, all this stuff is happening and it, like, doesn't coincide with the Bible? I don't know, man. You're already doing a lot of mental gymnastics if you believe in Scientology. Yeah. So if you were also just like, yeah, but I'm also, I'm a Buddhist Scientologist, you know? I am a Buddhist-leaning Scientologist. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, religion to spectrum. 
All right. And okay. I just have some Buddhist leanings. Religion's not binary, okay? Jesus. Uh, during one summer, he even traveled to England to study directly under the founder, Elrond himself, and claimed to be a member of a very exclusive Scientologist club called the Sea Org. Oh, they're nuts. Well, you know about Sea Org? Yes, because I watched a documentary. Yeah, they're literally like, they were a um, commune watched, that lived on boats. Yeah, they, there's a documentary called Going Clear, where they um, talk a lot about the Sea Orgs. Damn. Well, Hubbard started it to have like just his special little club of Scientologists, yeah. and they yeah. all they all hung out on this this boat commune with him. So, if I remember, it's been about five or six years since I watched the documentary. If I remember correctly, like um, the church would send a lot of the Sea Orgs to like work for Tom Cruise and to work for John Travolta and stuff like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um. And by the way, Reed Slatkin said that he had like formed a group and was was in the Sea Orgs. Uh, the The church has come out and said that they have no record of him being part of that organization, though. So he might just be lying. Hmm. It's Don't like know. the seals of uh, Scientology. The Navy seals of Scientology. Yep. Scientology, special forces here. I'm a uh, Sea Org reporting for duty, sir. Dun, 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 dun. So, when returning to Ann Arbor, Reed Slatkin met his wife, a fellow Scientologist, and later they moved to California, and Reed Slatkin started studying uh, his graduate studies in Chinese and Japanese literature while attending a mission at a local church, uh, which was a large reason he selected uh, the school he went to anyway, which was UC Berkeley. So, he started graduate studies at UC Berkeley. He stayed there for three years. Uh, before deciding he wanted to pursue Scientology full-time. He basically was like, I realized that I had my own money and I didn't have to do what my family wanted me to anymore, which was get a graduate degree in Chinese and Japanese literature, which, yeah, you weren't going to have a job anyway, bro, so that's no, fine. No, I feel like they're both equally unprofitable. Yeah. Honestly, uh, honestly, honestly Scientology, Scientology be would be profitable if you got to a point where you were, like, scheming people's money. Well, and you're going to see he's... Uh, Going to make a lot of money, so right. it is what it is. Uh, so he started doing Scientology full time. Uh, he left without getting his graduate degree and focused fully on the church, finally attaining the rank of ordained minister in 1975. And this guy really jived with the church. Um, he, like, he fucking loved the Church of Scientology, and you can tell because I read parts of a 152-page deposition, all right, and they asked him about his educational background close to the beginning. And it was eight pages of him just talking about the teachings of Scientology. He went on a fucking rant. And it was wild. Yeah. Because it makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I was just like, what are you talking about? He's like, Scientologists believe. And then eight pages. Two of them were missing. Oh, God. In the deposition. They were gone. And Thank God. And, and he, when he jumped back in after the two pages, you couldn't even tell. I was like, that's how much nonsense this guy's talking. You can just drop two out of the eight pages and, like, you don't even notice. And you and you still know what he's talking about. Imagine being the investigators in there and oh, you just God. had to listen to him go off yeah, about Scientology for that long. Oh, God. It was awful. But by 1984, uh, Slatkin had been making a living solely off the church. He had two sons and a quaint little life. But he 
was about to do some auditing for a man named Robert Dugan, who was about to change his life forever and probably for the worst. Robert Dugan had some experience trading stocks and is actually currently a billionaire venture capitalist investor in the biotech space now. He's a very rich person. So when Reed Slatkin started doing some auditing, he said he was helping his family through some things, which I think is like how he talks about he was he was auditing them, I guess. But he never used that terminology, so I don't know. Uh, but Bob took Reed under his wing and taught him about the basics of company valuation and company comparison and how it relates to purchasing stock. And then, with no official training, Reed Slacken decided to pivot into being a full-time professional financial investor. Perfect. Mostly to friends in the church. You know, this is actually um, also very common in Christianity where people will not have, or in my experience at least, people will actually not have credentials and then they will just um, whore themselves out as help at the church. Like they're like, oh, I'm a counselor, but they've actually never done any sort of training to be a counselor Whoa, people in the church not doing things that they're not qualified for what you tell it that's why you telling me those you telling me those priests didn't have a license to touch little boys damn wait where do you get one of those that's wild why are you asking so intently <laughs> why you want to know so bad i don't ah! know they probably they probably hand them out down in the vatican go ahead what's it what were those things that you would buy to get out of purgatory Oh, uh, indulgences? Yeah, you gotta buy, you gotta use indulgences yeah. to buy but that. It's a, but it's costs a lot of money, you know? So we don't just hand them out unless you're a priest. Then you can just kind of have, then you can just kind of have one. Uh, Special in God's eyes. <laughs> but yeah, he literally, he was like, I'm gonna be a Scientologist. And then one guy, this is like, this is like the one guy you knew who someone told him about crypto and he's like, I'm a crypto trader now. That's all I do. Is I trade, I trade online, I trade e coins, I trade b coins, I trade, I trade c coins and d coins, c coins, and e coins and f coins and g coins and h coins and i, got, I coins. I, I got every letter of the motherfucking alphabet in my crypto portfolio, dog. And I have Dogecoin. So, it, but he literally was like, "All right, this is what I'm gonna do." And now, you probably think that being a financial advisor without some sort of official training is illegal, no. right? Well, this is America, the land of the goddamn free, and you'd actually be right. It is This time it is totally illegal. Um, you do either have to report to the state or federal agencies depending on how much money you're investing for friends. Especially, the, the, the distinction is that you're making money off of it, though. So you have to be like, if you're collecting fees or something to manage somebody's money, you have to register. Oh, okay. With the state. A little like those priests had to register with the state. To touch those after, little boys? Yeah, but slightly but slightly different. I think they have to do it afterwards and like go around the neighborhood. I, I don't know how it Something works. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so Reed had a very, uh, should I say, interesting way about this problem. Uh, since he never charged fees for his work, just suggested donations. Kind of like when you go to your friend's sketch comedy show <laughs> and there's a recommended donation. 
You know you have to make the donation or you're gonna look like an asshat. Yeah. Right? You gotta you gotta give the donation. And it's like also the festivals in Chicago during the summer and they're like, suggest a donation to enter, ten dollars. But I always blow right past them and I'm like, fuck you guys. Oh, so you're an asshat. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Look at my hat. Is it an ass? It is an ass. This is my ass hat. I always thought it was a hat for the ass. Not a hat that is an ass. Oh, here is my hat. It's on my ass. I'm wearing a hat. No, you on know, my ass. Honestly, you make a good point though. It's like it's like I would rather like have head. an ass hat. It's like a butt head, right? You know, it's an hat. ass hat on your ass. Yeah. That can't be. I'd much rather have like a birthday hat that just sits on my ass than have an ass as a hat. I want an ass hat. This is a weird argument. So then. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I don't even want to know, do I? I don't want to know what the next sentence you're about to say is. Because then, like, you can shoot stuff out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not just shaped like an ass, it's a functional ass that you yeah, wear in your head? It's like those hats that you put drinks in. <laughs> How is it like that, Nina? How is it like that at all? Because you have a lever. <laughs> Why do you think this is so funny? I think I knew you were gonna be like hate it so much that that's what's so funny. I can't stop. Going. Of course, I was I gonna actually, hate it. That's awful. I actually have tears. <laughs> if you're still here, you gotta you gotta like this a little bit, right? Because this is. This happens every other episode at this point. I do. I, I laugh until I cry on this more than anything else. Hey, <laughs> I, that's got to be good for something. I don't know. I just put this little joke in here, and then we're, now, we're on, now we're on this. We had to argue over what an ass hat is. This is wild. Anyway, it's, Reed Slatkin <laughs> also... So so he he said oh my god I actually look like I've been crying. You have been crying. That's why you look like you've been crying is cuz you've been crying. It's usually the reason people look like they've been crying. Happy tears. Don't worry about me. <coughs> Don't worry about me. I'll cheer up. I'll cheer up. I'll cheer up. I'll buck up. Just got to put on my ass hat first. Oh my god. Okay. I can compose myself. Reed Slacken also he sent out this letter to everyone who was like a new client and be like, I, and then you had to fill in your name, um, acknowledge that that I will do this for you as a friend. Like, And he made him sign it basically like, I'm managing your money as a friend. So he was like, he was like, you don't have to pay me a fee, but you know, just like give gifts. Mm. And that's even what he told like the investigators. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I wasn't working for fees. I just like, Dean, I gifts. just told him to give gifts gifts to like me or to the church based on and he's like and they were like so you never asked anybody he's like no I just said give gifts he's like why did some of them like refer to it as fees when they were talking to you about it then he's like that was their word not oh, mine God. it was just it was awful he's so dumb um and at first he just took clients uh close to him in the church, promising to invest their money, promising a decent return, utilizing some software that he helped build with an engineer, like in his garage, that supposedly raked the stock market to identify good investments, which people do today. There are softwares that do that, and there's a lot of trading that goes on at the, those big hedge funds that's done through algorithms. Um, but obviously, 
there are quite a few doubts about the legitimacy of the techniques he began using. In the beginning, there were not many people investing with Reed as he hadn't garnered much credibility. But that all changed in 1994 when he was introduced to a kid fresh out of college named Sky Dayton. Oh, you know he was hot. Sky Dayton? Yeah. He's, I mean, it's all right. He's a tech He's a tech nerd. You the looking him up? The name just, yeah, that sounds like a hot person's name. He does sound like a uh, like a Dawson's Creek character for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's got flowing hair. Sky Dayton. Oh, God, no. This guy? Yeah. Oh, what a bummer. He was like a software developer, dude. I don't know what you expected. I thought he was going to be sexy. Sorry to disappoint you. If I had a nickel. Um, yeah. Me so, too. So he met Sky Dayton, who had a dream of making the internet more easily accessible for normal people. Sky felt inspired after it took him a week to set up his home computer for internet access. Oh my and god, that's crazy. 1994, man, what can I say? Uh, and he came up with the idea for Earthlink, a company that would develop software and hardware that made connecting to the internet more feasible for the everyday person. And Sky was introduced to Reed through a mutual friend, Kevin O'Donnell. Kevin and Reed both invested principal capital of $75,000 each. And in a few years, the dot-com bubble was blowing and Earthlink was the second most popular internet service provider only behind AOL at wow. the time. Wow. Reed Slatkin was now on the board of directors of a publicly traded company, and his initial investment of $75,000 was now worth over $112 million. Wow, that's, that's, that's a good investment. In five years. Yeah. So if this is all he had done... Boom. He'd be rich. He'd still be on like the boards of companies somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. But getting this much money also gave him credibility in his personal finance investing business, which, by the way, he called it the Reed Slatkin Investment Club, which sounds like something that meets after school. Yes. Uh, stupid name. Yeah. But yeah, so it gave him more credibility and attracted more investors into his financial management business. And... Soon, Reed had over 850 different clients. Wow. And since he was operating out of L.A., and there are quite a few celebrities who subscribe to Scientology. There are. He had a few big names amongst that list. Some of the hits include Joe Pantoliano, who you might know as Cypher from The Matrix, the guy with the little small glasses. He's like the techie guy. I don't know. Um, Ann Archer who I guess was big. She was she got like Miss Golden Globe or something. Okay. I, I don't know what that means in the 1970s. I'm not familiar with her. And also Giovanni Ribisi, who was the bad guy who did that stupid dance to the TV in Ted. You see, he's like... Making, I vaguely remember that. He's like doing the, yeah, doing the dance. Yeah, I kind of remember that. He played that guy in Ted. That was not a bad movie, though. No, it wasn't a bad movie, but that guy lost a bunch of money to a Scientologist. Idiot. So just remember that the next time you watch it. Uh, from these investors, it is estimated that Reed Slatkin took in close to $600 million. And he maintained these client relations for 15 years from 1986 to 2001. But it was at the height of the dot-com bubble that people started 
people started wanting to pull out their investments at their zenith. Well, the, I mean, that makes sense. Usually you want to pull out when you're at, at the, the at height. At the zenith? At the zenith, you know. Yeah, the climax, just if so, you will. Yeah, just yeah. so nothing bad happens. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you know, you pull out. You don't right want any the, repercussions. Yeah, yeah you, well, I mean, you don't want to, like, not pull out at the climax and then... Phew, 18 years down the line, now you're left with a bad investment, a bad investment, bad investment, absolutely bad investment. My father once said that children were were the worst investment he ever made. So it's the worst investment most people make. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have not returned a profit. So no. Yeah. The ROI, the ROI on children is so bad, staggeringly low. So bad. So don't do it. But yeah, so this is, he was investing in tech stocks and in 2000, 2001, this is when those tech stocks were at their highest. So people were seeing a really high profit. They all wanted their money out, kind of all at the same time. And a few of the first investors, 75 out of 800, made quite a good profit from Reed Slatkin. But now a majority wanted to take their money out to begin retirement or invest in whatever was popular in 2000. Furbies or some bullshit. I don't know. There's a Furby craze. Don't just fucking like, talk about Furbies that way. Why? You got a thing for Furby? I, you, you go, like, pan into Nina's room. She's got, like, fucking 700 Furbies on the walls. Well, yeah, she they turns have them to... all on and they speak to each other like... Yeah, they have to keep my troll dolls company. Oh, my God. You just you just have, like, a 90s, like, middle schooler's room. You got, like, a post in a JT when he still had the, the ramen noodle hair. Yes. Up. It's got a heart around it. What do you think I look at every night? That. I don't know. I don't know. A that. Picture, a picture of your dad who never came home. I have a loving father. I'm about to say jokes on you. I'm the one without yeah, the dad. Yeah, I was like, you're the one to talk. I'm the one without the I dad. I have which, a father. Which you wouldn't expect, but somehow I'm the one that doesn't have a father here. Uh, <laughs> Imagine what you would have been like if you had a father. Be like this. Probably more toxically masculine. That's true. Yeah. Mr. Singing in the Rain. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're probably right. Um, so this culminated all of these people taking their money out. This culminated in one investor outside of the church that had sent Reed Slacking fifteen million and decided to pull out of the investment only weeks later. Premature pullout. I think we've all been. Oh yeah, you, <coughs> we've that all been. Happens. Um, Reed Slatkin in turn gave him the runaround, prompting the investor to slew to slew to sue Slatkin for the money. And you can probably guess by now. But Slacken didn't have the money to give back to any of the investors <sighs> because the entire enterprise was run as one big Ponzi scheme. Fuck. He wasn't investing the money. He was using the money from new investors to pay off old investors, and he did it for 15 years. What wasn't funneled to early investors was used by Slatkin to buy luxury items, luxury cars, personal aircraft, and a lot of property and Slacken, by his own admission, did not hold another job during those 15 years that the scheme was running. So he lived off of these people for 15 years. Um, and during this time, Slacken provided false documents to investors that showed their money growing. And he actually inflated the numbers to show a $700 million profit that didn't exist across his 850 like investor portfolios. So most of his time is just spent... Faking documents. Can you imagine going to work? You're just faking documents all day? Yeah, your your nine to five is you show up to work and you have to just like fake a bunch of profits. Well, remember that one it's not profits, but remember the one like um 
episode we did where they were like fake, um, they're like diploma mills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what this is. Yeah, you just show up. Or Z Best when he made all those fake invoices. That's what this is. That's why I don't understand when they're like, they just got caught up in it. They didn't know what they were doing. No, you were actively doing this. Yeah, you showed up for eight hours a day. Maybe you're not working eight hours a day, but you're pretending to show up for eight hours a day to work. And instead of like actually investing any money, you're just doing this. You're just faking, faking papers to send out to people and talking to people on the phone, which is basically business anyway, now that I'm thinking about it, but whatever. Um, So in addition to the lawsuit that Slacking was already facing, he was also on hot water because for the past two years, the SEC had already been investigating him for operating without a license. And in 2000, Slatkin told the SEC under pressure that he was retiring from the business, liquidating all the accounts he managed, and that he was not, under any circumstances, taking on new clients. But he was taking on new clients. Bastard. He took like an extra $100 million in investments that year because he was trying to pay off all yeah, these people that wanted yeah. their money. Um, and we already know he took that $50 million investment during that time period when he told him, he's like, oh, you know what? I'm retiring. I- I'm not doing it. Because he had the whole, well, I'm not getting paid for it thing. But he knew he was kind of caught. So it is what it is. Um, he also told the SEC that he was having issues liquidating some of the money because $300 million was tied up in a Swiss brokerage firm titled NAA, which he claimed to not even know what the initials stood for. He said, ah, it was the initials of some guys who started it a long time ago. In the deposition that I read, that's that's what he said. He's like, ah, yeah, it's someone, they started someone's names. Um, Turns out the reason he didn't know what they stood for is because he made it up. So he probably didn't make up that part. Slatkin and some associates falsified the entire company of NAA uh, to keep the SEC off their tracks and buy them time. They also had incredible attention to detail when they were faking this brokerage firm uh, because Slatkin actually got another fax machine, got one from Switzerland, so it had a Swiss number to fax documents to and from from the for the SEC. Uh, he had someone in England send him European letterhead to print the documents on and even got another phone in his house with a Swiss ringtone. So I guess when you call them, it has a different like playback tone. Interesting. And he somehow did that. He put another phone in his house. So he was like, oh, yeah, this is Switzerland. But he couldn't come up with what the initials were for. Why? Uh, Not actually an association. He also made he made up names of people he was dealing with. He operated under names. He, if he had the phone, he had to he had to answer it, right? As like someone else in He's like, "Oh yeah, it's me. Um the Swiss. My name is it Maurice." What the fuck? He's like, "Oh yeah, I know. Uh, I know I read Slatkin." Yeah, read Slatkin. Some like terrible Swiss accent. That's not even Swiss. I don't know what I'm doing. Sounds nothing like the cheese. Uh, uh, After looking into the company, though, the SEC could find no evidence that NAA existed because it didn't. She did it! The lawsuit brought against him, as well as mounting pressure from other investors who wanted their money back, caused Reed Slatkin to file for bankruptcy and step down from Earthlink's board in 2001. Uh... 
which was followed quickly by the SEC freezing all of his assets down to a single share of Krispy Kreme donuts that he owned. Dang. They were just like, no more money for you. So they froze all of his accounts. I would love to have money in Krispy Kreme because maybe they would give me free donuts. I don't think that's how that works. Damn. Just get a job there. No. They got to be hiring. Just apply for some No, some I don't want to work at the Krispy Kreme donut. You don't have to work. Don't like work at an actual location like making donuts. Because mm. you got to be there at like 4 a.m. Work for Krispy Kreme corporate. Be like a receptionist for the corporate office. Hello, Krispy Kreme donut. Would you like that cream filled or glazed? Oh, my God. Welcome to Krispy Kreme donuts. You fill them. We shill them. Let's go. Hello, welcome to Krispy Kreme Donut. Would you like to speak to Long John? Oh my God. Welcome to Krispy Kreme Donut. I bet you jelly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out of donut puns. Welcome to... Not good ones. Welcome to Krispy Kreme Donut. You want (laughs) to... You want to have a baby in Massachusetts? Because I'll give you a Boston cream pie. Oh, okay, shot. <laughs> That's awful. It's so gross. This is what we, we've been talking too much when I make jokes like that. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. You've been around me way too long. So eventually, <laughs> Reed Slacken decided to plead guilty to counts of mail fraud, wire fraud, money laundering, and obstruction of justice. The main, the the four tenets of white collar crime, um, as his scheme crumbled around him, in sentencing trials, Reed's lawyer team took the angle that he continued the scheme because he was pressured by the Church of Scientology. I, you know what? Normally, I'd blame the church, but this time, I don't think it's their fault. They said that he feared what would happen to him if he stopped bringing in the money, because, oh, if he. If he stopped bringing the money because a lot of the people were giving money back to Scientology and a lot of donations. And he made a lot of donations to Scientology as well because he's rich. <clears throat> so they, he said that he was under pressure because he didn't want it to end. Of course, it didn't help his case that he had actually mentioned to someone who then testified in court that he had told them when he like one of the people who helped him fake NAA, he was like, what happens if you get like like what if you get caught? And he said, "I'll just blame it on the church." Idiot. So that Stupid. person testified in court and was like, "So it didn't look good for him." And in 2003, Slatkin was sentenced to 14 years in prison. Oh, and more than that, he was exiled from the very church that he had devoted his life to. He got kicked out of the Church of Scientology. You know, people don't get exiled that often anymore. You, you really don't hear about people getting exiled. They literally, they still have, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, the guy from that 70s show who, like, sexually assaulted those women. And, like, Scientology oh, yeah. is, like, on his side and helped him cover it up. Yeah, but he didn't, wasn't a fraudster. Yeah, just but Just a he, rapist. Don't worry, he didn't steal money. He was just a rapist. Yeah. That, that's where that's where the Church of Scientology. Try to draw the line! Out. Exactly. Um Slatkin, however, was released from prison at the minimum sentence of 10 and a half years, or the minimum time he had to serve of 10 and a half years, uh, but only spent two years free before passing away due to a heart attack in 2016 at the age of 66. Dang. Although the Church of Scientology denies all involvement <coughs> with the scheme, they did settle out of court to pay back $3.5 million to those who were affected by it. 
Some of the investors who profited were also sued and agreed to pay back at least part of their profits that came at the expense of others. Wow. Reed Slatkin really took the Scientologist's idea of taking money to a whole new OT level. (laughs) How someone who had absolutely no training had the confidence to create an investment club is absolutely beyond me. Even more unbelievable is how he got 800 other people to think that he could invest money in a way that would bring them more profit than the market returns on average. Of course, most of his victims belonged to the Church of Scientology. So what more could you expect from a group of people that seriously believe that an ancient alien overlord named Xenu forced all of our alien souls to be tortured and experience awful traumas that still haunt us to this day and that we need to clear ourselves of these traumas by giving a science fiction writer multiple thousands of dollars to talk to us in a room? Honestly, this is one of the only times I'll say this It was kind of your fault, the people who fell for this, especially the Scientologists. And it will probably happen again because you seem to have learned nothing and you're almost as bad as the Mormons. Wow. I'm calling them out too. Also, sorry if you're a Mormon listening to this show, but you believe that Joseph Smith read the Book of Mormon out of a hat. It's just... No, he found the gold plates in his backyard. You don't know the story? He then had to read the... So no one could see the golden plates. Yeah. That was the thing. But he, he couldn't write them down either. Right. So what he did is he put them into a hat. Oh, this, I don't know this part. This is canon. Look it up. It's in the book. He put them into a hat. And he had a friend write down the Book of Mormon as he dictated it while looking into the hat. Hmm. I didn't know that part. Word by word. And then when his friend who was writing it down took the pages home, his wife was like, that's stupid. This guy seems like a liar. I'm going to take a couple of the pages out, go back and say you lost them. And then if he writes it down word for word, we'll know that he's telling the truth. So he brought it home and Joseph Smith got really fucking upset and left and then came back and he said, okay, so I can do it, but God is going to punish us by changing it around a little bit. <laughs> the Book of Mormon. Mormon. So, yeah. It's just huh. some all religion, like personally to me, all religions kind of wild. Don't know how people believe in them. But these, these two have to be like the ones you're like, bro. And I think it's because the recency, they started so recent, like, we know the history. Yeah. Yeah. We know Joseph Smith was arrested for grave robbing because America was a country when he did it. Yeah. You know? It's like, we know. Like, there's documentation. L. Ron Hubbard, we know all this happened. History existed. Science existed at this time. Yeah. So, it's just much harder to believe. Yeah. Because the recency. So... Yeah, sorry to clown on you, but also I'm not super sorry. So, all right, that's what it is. So that's it for today. <laughs> on that on that note on religion, uh, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, you want to support us more. There's ways to do that. You can do that for free by leaving us a review. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. 
another free way to support us. Follow the socials, dog. Yeah, what the heck are you doing? If you're right there, it's a click, bro. You're Follow on your this. phone anyway. Yeah, you're on there right. You're probably listening to this on your phone. You're probably looking at Instagram while listening to this. Yeah, so why don't you go to white collars underscore red hands on Instagram? Give us a follow, all right? Or if you're on Facebook, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook, you're an aunt that's listening to this for some reason. You can go to facebook.com slash white collars red hands. Bam, there we are too. Yep. Maybe you're a tweeting person. Maybe you love Elon Musk and you somehow sit through our episodes every week. Don't know how you do that. More power to you. Uh, that's at white collars pod. Go there. Give us a follow. You're on TikTok right now. Everyone's on TikTok. You're somehow listening to a TikTok and a podcast at the same time. Now that's some some Zoomer ADHD level multitasking. So you can also follow us there. Uh, I feel like I did that one weird. Am I missing one? No, you you did do it weird, but you got it all. All right, great. You can also go to our website. That's whitecollarsredhands.com. Uh, if you go there... You can listen to the you can listen to the episodes straight through there. It's an embedded player. Uh, you can also find all the ways to listen. You can drop us a line to communicate with us, suggest an episode, uh, tell us that you you love us, send feet pics, whatever you want to do. It's all it's all open for you there. Um, but there's also a tab there. It says check out our merch. So if you wanted to buy some merch, rep some white collars, red hands gear, uh, and support us a little bit that way financially. Hey, help. We're fine. We're fine with that. Go ahead. Um, you can also support us really easily, recommending us to a friend. People always need podcasts to listen to. We always put out podcasts. Always. What, what a coincidence. Let's get together. Let's that is a coinky ding. Let's hang out in your in your ears. Uh, we, we can do that. I'm open. You're open. We're available. Let's do this, okay? Um, I think. That's it. That's it. So thank you guys for listening. It's the day after my birthday. And Happy there's birthday. A, there's a surprise playing for me tonight. I'm I'll, not a part of it. I'll tell you what it is. Nina wasn't invited. I wasn't, but I brought him a Twix bar. Yeah, she brought me, she brought me a Twix. Two left Twixes, my favorite. Um, <laughs> I love the left ones. Good. Uh, I knew that about you. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars. Red, Red Hands. Hands.